Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Brahma Sports here on kpcradio.com. I am your host as always, Felipe Gamino. This is a very special episode. Many of you have probably wondered why this show has, hasn't started at 1 p.m. Well, our guest today is a very special guest, so that's why we decided to change times, and for a very good reason. Our guest today just came off his 300th win as coach of the women's soccer program. Here in the studio is Adolfo Perez. Thank you for joining us, coach. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Felipe. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So let's get right to it. What's the overall feeling of getting your 300th win last week? Um, Absolutely uh, incredible. You know, I, I think uh, when you look at how difficult it is to win, especially in the conference that we play, how difficult it is to win a game. To be able to say that we won 300 is, uh, I can't even put it into words. So after the game, uh, when you and I spoke, you mentioned that win 100 was on the road, win 200 was also on the road. How, how special was it that your 300th win was here at home at the stadium? Yeah, that was, I obviously, in th those milestones, you always remember 100 was at Citrus, 200 was at Bakersfield, and 200 was at Bakersfield, and 300 was at home. It's it's special, special because uh, my wife and kids were there to be able to see it. Uh, they can't make a lot of the games because of everybody's hectic schedule, uh, but uh, to be able to do it at home just added that much more, and especially after everything we've gone through. You were mentioning just right now, after, after everything that we've gone through in the past year or so, especially with the lockdown, the pandemic. So only few schools have reached this accolade. How special is it that now peers can say, oh, we are part of this group? Well, it's unique because uh, as everybody knows, you know, um, I, you know, we don't have the greatest resources, you know. But that's just an excuse, you know. I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, you have to put in the work. You have to enjoy what you're doing. And to be able to have a school in the San Fernando Valley with that much success, uh, is it even makes it more special, you know, considering other schools that are surrounding schools that have so many more resources in every which way possible. And for us to do it is, is great. So currently the team is uh, seven, two, and three. And as we just mentioned last week, the soccer program got the three hundredth win. Do you feel that that accolade could have come sooner in the season? Uh, yeah, yes and no, because uh, our non-conference schedule is always uh, a difficult one, because uh, you you know we our conference is uh, is the toughest. You know, Western State Conference has South and North. Uh, with all due respect, if we were in the South, uh, there are six games that you're going to win even if you don't play that good. Uh, in the North, there's not an easy opponent. Every game is difficult, as you can see by scores that have been happening. You know, Ventura's a powerhouse, which we play tomorrow, and uh, they tied Cuesta, you know, and, and we beat Cuesta. It doesn't mean that we're going to beat Ventura, that, you know, it's going to be a challenge up and down the conference. So, Soccer's back here at Pierce College. Of course, I spoke with Juliana, with Kiki as as previous two guests, and they were mentioning the challenges that they have faced, especially during the pandemic, the lockdown. 
how did you as a coach deal with the, the entire situation and uh, how did that mold the team? Well, it was difficult. We actually have five players that lived through everything. 19, uh, played 19 season, went through COVID, and what was more difficult at Pierce, because I'm also a club soccer coach, and in club, after three months, we were able to go back into the fields outside of LA County. We were training at Moore Park, and we were able to do with restrictions, but the the girls and boys were out there, so we could still do things. At Pierce, it was a, almost a year and a half without even contact. I mean, we couldn't even see our players at a park for some peaks or anything. So it was, uh, you know, everything was online. Uh, I, I would give them home, homework assignments. Uh, everything was on Canvas and, and everything, you know, it just, it was tough. It was tough. So that 2019 season, uh, the team didn't uh, do well. Of course, for the first time, they didn't reach the postseason. Of course, 2020 with COVID. How difficult was the transition online from being on the field? Oh, well, soccer, as you know, is a, it's a field sport. I mean, I know it's it's changed, but when you have to do your practices through Zoom, you know, and uh, it's just, and when you have nothing to really look forward to, it's uh it's tough it's tough for the girls to were motivated you know we lost uh the irony we lost a few we lost them for the right reasons because they came in and they graduated in two years so they played in 19 and they graduated and then left and they would have been valuable assets to us you know but they came in they did the right thing so we lost a lot of players we lost players because of that graduation we lost players just because they had to go and get a job and help their families and you know, something we've never experienced before. So talk to me about the beginning of the of the program. In 2001, this program was founded under former athletic director Bob Lyons. How did you first uh, hear about this opportunity and how important was Bob Lyons in that, uh, in that g giving you that chance? Well, it was huge. I, I originally, I coached at Mission College in 95 and 96, and we were very successful. We reached the playoffs both years. And then at the end of the 96 season, uh, they sent us a memo that uh, they were going to cut down, cut athletics. So then, uh, you know, I just working locally, coaching club, uh, I heard uh, through the grapevine that Pierce was uh, going to offer women's soccer and a lot of qualified applicants applied. And I remember it was between me and my college coach, which is very ironic, the two finalists. And I think Bob uh, took a chance on me because because uh, of my energy. Uh, I was very young at that time, and uh, he, I will always be grateful to him. He took a chance, and he said, I think I found the right person for this job that's going to take us to the promised land. And even in year one, we won 15 games, 15-5-2, which was remarkable because we picked up girls. I was hired in March of one high school season had just ended so we just literally went around the parks called friends that had teams and that's how we really built the team so you would say that that first season in 2001 was, was a challenge especially recruiting players but you mentioned that the team did pretty well uh what what sticks out to you the most of that year i think the excitement you know i I, we had we had a uh, our leading scorer that year was a girl named from Monroe High School Zulema Mexicano was her name, 
And the irony to that is that uh, we had some, uh, I had recruited a player that had played club for me. And she was, we were, you know, th so when I started getting players, we started putting flyers all over the school. And there was a flyer placed inside the woman's stall. And that's how basically Zulema Mexicano contacted us. Right. And she ended up being uh, our leading scorer with 12 goals, which is a, a, an amazing story in itself. So the team also uh, reached the Final Four, made a couple of appearances. W what experience uh, did the program have facing the top schools, especially when it's go big or go home? Well, we've been, we've been blessed. We've been in the Final Four four times, and I can honestly say realistically and and 2005 was our best opportunity. We were playing in the semifinal at home against Long Beach. We went to, we had a red card, so we played with a man down. And uh, we went into PKs. And in PKs, it's best out of five. And we were up 3-1 in PKs. And just, they, they changed goalies, which, which you, you are allowed. They put a field player. So this whole they disrupt this whole thing, and we ended up missing three in a row. They scored three in a row, four, and they beat us 4-3. And to this day, I will not forget that because Long Beach went on to win the final 8 nothing that year, which was obviously our turn. Do you think uh, the soccer program would eventually return to the Final Four? I sure hope so. I think uh, I know things have changed a lot. You know, um, I think uh, uh, just our our recruiting area, all this area, is the local schools, and you know, and and I think uh, city section soccer has declined because all the private schools are recruiting these kids in seventh and eighth grade. So, just to give you an example, El Camino, which is a power in women's soccer, used to have ten to fifteen top tier players that they played in an academy, you know, which is the highest level of club soccer. And maybe they have one at, at the moment. And so it has changed. So by, by, by that changing, it changed our ability to get top-tier players, you know, economics. We used to get players from uh, Lancaster, Palmdale. Even though we have currently a girl from Palmdale, it's very rare that we get him that far because of gas and, and because of so many other things. So it's definitely challenging, but it's always uh, it's, it's always a dream. So you were talking about uh, Ventura. This is their third-ranked team in the, the nation. They, they tied Cuesta. Two years ago, the soccer program had a chance, you know, had a slight opportunity to reach the postseason, but lost to Ventura in that game. Does tomorrow's game against the Pirates have anything special, like some sort of revenge, in your opinion? Without a doubt, you know, but uh, we're facing the game tomorrow without our starting goalkeeper, Annabelle, because, uh, you know, it's it's been our luck this year. I don't think I've counted with a full team all year. Every game, there's whether it's injury, whether it's a player uh, getting dropped from a class, whether it's a player being sick, and it's just, we just roll with it. You know, I, I wish, we're going to give it our best effort. I wish we had a full team. Um, but there's no doubt, there's no doubt uh, the feeling of them eliminating us for the first time and breaking a streak of uh, of 18 straight uh, postseason, which was number one in the country at that time, is still, still with us. 
So how do you assess the team's overall star? Of course, you have Kira Washington, like Alexandra Mesa. You have, as uh, you mentioned, you have uh, a good goalkeepers in Annabelle Rosas. Uh, Joanna started returning. The team has done pretty well, 7-2-3. Did you expect that start at all? You know, in all honesty, this is the first year that I can really say, and it's not just being, I did not know what to expect, you know, because uh, the summer was difficult. The summer was difficult because uh, we didn't have great numbers uh, because there's because of all the restrictions. You know, usually we have players and come and try out. They just do a form and we're good. But now they had to get a COVID testing. They had to add the class. They had to get, there were so many obstacles and so it made it very difficult for us. So our preseason, which is usually summer, was not one of our best. Especially since it was online. Yeah. Do you do you notice that that could have also affected the other programs as well? Because we know football's not doing well. Women's volleyball is not doing very well at all this year. Do you think that since summer was online, it affected the other sports' performance? Well, summer was actually the first time we could... It, it was life. Uh, online was uh, in the spring. Mm -hmm. So the summer we were able to, to, to do some stuff on the field. But without a doubt, I think other counties, for instance, if you look at the success Ventura's doing, you know, they really had no restrictions. Ventura has not stopped. You know, Acuesta has not stopped. Uh, Moore Park has not stopped. All the schools in our, that's why to this day, I still don't know why we're in that conference, you know. We play Cuesta, they're in our conference, they're six hours away, and yet Valley is on the same street and they're not in our conference. So that's, to me, shocking, you know? But I think uh, there is definitely a disadvantage. Us, Pierce College, I think all sports are in the North. There's definitely a disadvantage, the fact that, uh, that we are Alley County and had to, uh, it was very, it was literally on lockdown. In other counties, were a lot more liberal. They were, a lot, they were able to do a lot more things. So, talking about the the soccer program as a whole, in 2004 or in 2005, there was an interesting anecdote during one of the practices or games that the soccer team had to get a canoe because it was raining so hard. Share with us what happened on that day, and uh, how do you still remember that, uh, that, that incredible moment? Yeah, it was special. I think it was 2003. It had rained like it's never rained in, uh, in Southern California. And I remember, uh, I'm a believer, I, I don't believe in days off. I don't believe in, in you, there's always something to do, whether you can go light or what have you. And it was raining and, and I told the girls that uh, we needed to do some exercise. And somehow, and it, at, at that time we actually had a, a place where there was uh, canoe storages. So we had a canoe, and the fascinating story about that is that we made ESPN top 10, number six in the country, because uh, somehow somebody got a hold of it. Then the local channels came in, helicopters, and then uh, CBS, and then there were about five helicopters on top of us, which was crazy. And my cousin who lives in Connecticut was watching. He's like, oh my God, you guys made the top 10, and we were number six in the country, uh, which was pretty amazing so we had the girls literally go in a canoe and that was our exercise for the day especially since uh, the pit was flooded we could say to a certain extent yes. so talking about the pit for a second 
that has been the soccer team's fortress for we can say almost two decades before the soccer team uh, transitioned to the stadium what no what differences have you noticed from playing at the pit to now being at the stadium full time oh my god it's 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 night and day you know if uh just look at percentages for instance at the pit we were over 800 winning percentage uh at the stadium we're like below 400 and the reason being because our field is too big you know our dimensions are 120 yards by 76 at the stadium the pit was 108 by 70 and teams hated to play at the pit it was our special heaven uh it was our sacred ground i mean i remember teams coming in they're like oh my god we will play you but not at the pit when you play when you play at the stadium it's it's turf and everybody has turf so it's unequal you look at our conference the top team santa barbara ventura they have turf so they love that we're playing on turf they hate it when they to come to the pit <laughs> so, yeah because i was i was watching um because i remember a couple of games being at the pit obviously the soccer team would tend to do well than what happened that year in 2019 with the team playing full-time at the stadium, the playoffs, obviously it had its toll. Yeah. So so this is your 20th season. Technically, this should have been your 21st, but last year COVID had other plans, and this is your 20th. 20 seasons leading a program that you were the first coach a part that you were a part of. What's the overall feeling? Sensational, to be honest with you. Never thought I would be here for 20 years. Never thought we would have so much success. You know, I'm a believer in, uh, I'm a believer in, in journeys. I think when this journey began, um, I remember I got offered a Division One coaching job in 2004. It was only my uh, fourth year here. And I remember I went for, for the interview. Bob Lafrano was our, they called Lafrano. I went to Moscow, Idaho, interviewed. It was D1. I just didn't feel the vibe at that time with my, you know, my wife and I. Definitely was cold. And I just thought that, you know, hey, this is going to happen all the time. I didn't know at the time that it's very difficult, you know. And it was, and it was because I, uh, Tutsa Coughlin, a player that played for us in 04 and 05, her father had been the basketball coach for the athletic director. At a, and she really liked me and she really believed in how, and, and they, that's how they really, the guy hired me the job without even really ever meeting me, which is insane, you know? It just went on the recommendation of this guy that he trusted so much. And I always stop by, you know, and I, do I regret it? Yeah, it's hard to regret it, but it's always in my mind as well, you know? 20 years, hardly any coach could say that because normally after two or three years, they're fired or they get another job. For you to stay along, obviously, the school recognizes it in some sort of way. Yeah, you know, it's tough. I think a lot of our coaches, you know, it's very easy to complain. It's very easy to to, to say things, you know. But I think at the end of the day, uh, I try to not to worry about things we have no control of and just move forward. Just move forward and, and don't use excuses. If you don't want your players to use excuses, coaches should not use excuses themselves. So what are your expectations for the remainder of the conference games, especially potentially the team reaching playoffs? Does the playoffs cross your mind? Yeah, I mean, we it's 
it's just like not a cliche, but we're taking game game by game. Every game has its uh, its challenge, you know. Like I went back to you know injuries, you know, uh, eligibility. Like tomorrow we play Ventura, Ventura hostile environment, six thirty in the evening. It'll be cold. They'll have many fans, um, and they know it's a big game, you know. And then you know, and, and then we start round two already on Friday against Moore Park, you know, and. And because of in conference you play everybody twice, you know we beat more parts, so so they'll be ready. So every game is definitely a different challenge. So just the goal number one is to win conference. Our goal number two is just to get into playoffs. And uh, possibly avoid the playing round because that's where no school wants to be a part. They want to be in the playoffs, but they don't want to be in that playing round. Yes, and now it's tougher because they have two playing games. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, last year for when we didn't make it, 19 teams basically make it overall, and we were number 20, which was even tougher, you know, because when you're that close. So that means any of those games that we tied or lost in the we we tied or lost in the last five minutes, six games and 19, <laughs> that would have never happened at the pit. Just tells you the girls wore wore down because it's a big field and. You know, it's not an excuse, but those are facts. Where do you see the soccer program in a few years? And do you see yourself, you know, being involved? Yeah, I think uh, for sure. You know, I think uh, po possibly praying that they bring men's soccer. <laughs> we'll love to lead both programs, you know. Um, I know there can be a lot of success on the men as well, you know. The irony, uh, we don't have a team, but it's easier to recruit for the men than it is for the women. Uh, we, You know, just... That's what I see in the future. Hopefully, it happens before I'm out of here. And how do you want to be? How do you want to be remembered by? Just as someone that uh, that cared for his players, someone that uh, that believed in them more than they believe in themselves. That's the overall feeling. That's yeah. the overall message. Uh, that's you know I'm, I'm I try to be a player's coach. You know, just believe more than than they believe in themselves. So of course, uh, you were you were born here. You also have uh, Mexican in in your blood. Do you see both the U.S. and Mexico qualifying next year to the World Cup in Qatar? Without a doubt, I think uh, the World Cup meets the U.S. and Mexico. I think teams in Northern uh, America have a big advantage. I think Mexico, U.S., Canada are far more superior. There's such a big gap. The gap I thought was getting closer. But after watching qualifiers, I think Mexico and U.S. and Canada, I don't even know in what order, to be honest with you, because they're all, but all three for sure are going to make it. So you can easily say that the 2026 hosts are going to be in Qatar next for winter. Sure. <laughs> I think 100%. So how do you feel overall that the World Cup is coming back to North America? It's exciting. It's exciting, especially I was in the final in 94, Brazil, Italy. At the Rose Bowl. At the Rose Bowl. You know, which is same Baggio missed that penalty. Yeah, I was actually very close to that. <laughs> awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for uh, being a part of this historic episode of Brahma Sports special starts on today for a very good reason. Our guest today got his 300th win, head soccer coach Adolfo Perez. You can see the soccer team tomorrow at Ventura. If you guys want to take the trip to Ventura, 6.30 p.m. kickoff, then there will be a Moore Park at 4 p.m. on Friday. You can also see the soccer team 
next week here at the stadium next Tuesday at 4 p.m. against Hancock, if I'm correct. Yes. Hancock, perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. We will see you all soon. Thank you.